Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Trash Garbage Shoot. Uh, we've been doing quite a few of these recently, and it's kind of fun. Uh, but these are going to be quick takes uh, from some of us here at Good Trash Studios who uh, have made it out to the talkies to see a movie or two. Uh, and so today, uh, that will be myself, Arthur Gordon, and... Hey, it's me, Dalton Stewart, and I'm here to talk to you. That's right. There's going to be a lot of talking today in today's episode about the new horror film, Talk to Me. Uh, so a lot of fun there. I'm going to give you all a, a synopsis from a 24, talk about some of that production information for you in case you care. Uh, and then we're just going to give you some quick thoughts on the movie. Uh, if we liked it or not, and if we think you should go see it. Uh, so that sound like a plan, Dalton. That sounds perfect to me, Arthur. All right. So from a 24's website, this is coming from them. Uh, when a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. Talk to me stars Sophie Wilde, Joe Bird, Alexander Jensen, Otis Donji, Zoe Tarakas, Chris Alosio, and Miranda Otto. And I apologize if I butchered any of those names. Uh, the film is directed by Danny and Michael Filippo in their feature debut. Uh, it is a co-production of Causeway Films, Bankside Films, and Talk to Me Holdings, and is a presentation of Screen Australia. Uh, in association with the South Australian Film Corporation, Adelaide Film Festival Investment Fund, Headgear Films, and Metrol Technology. It is rated R for language and intense horror imagery and runs approximately 95 minutes. Uh, this movie had its world premiere at Sundance of 2023, initiating a uh, bidding war uh, between Universal uh, and others. And uh, A24 won the rights to U.S. distribution on this. So getting a lot of that A24 marketing and they know how to market and they know how to sell their films. They do. So they know how to, know how to uh, get the fan culture around their films going as well. Some pretty uh, uh, cool T-shirts for this movie uh, that they're hawking right now. Yeah, uh, they know how to do the thing they do very well, for sure. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, this movie. I, I remember uh, seeing trailer for it. Like, trailers for it. I, I mean, for a few months now, I, I remember catching trailers for it. Uh, kind of curious to see it. Obviously, uh, I, I like horror. I like uh, kind of spooky possession ghost stories. I like cursed objects. Uh, we don't get enough cursed object films, I don't think. Uh, and maybe that's not what this is, but it is an object that opens portals or yeah doesn't or something. I think cursed object is a close fair. enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, uh, if if there's a thing that looks bad, you probably don't need to play with it. Probably not. Make it a party game. Uh, I don't know though. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, teens are wild, you know. Yeah, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Hey, this is a teens. Be, to judge? This is a teens be wild movie for it's, sure. You know what? Yeah. Hey, hey, we all have to be young and dumb. Yeah, and we have to learn. Have you uh, seen, speaking of young, these are these filmmakers, the Philip uh, twins, uh, they are kind of coming up from YouTube. You know about this? They're Rock Rocka, I think, is their YouTube channel. I had heard that they were YouTubers. Yeah. But I wasn't more aware of that. DIY online horror stuff. Yeah, that's sort of their bread and butter. I haven't watched any of it. Uh, but yeah, so this is definitely a, an evolution of, of what they were already doing, it sounds like. And I feel like this is kind of becoming... I mean, obviously, the old kind of throughway was commercials or music videos. Mm -hmm. And YouTube has kind of opened up a whole new sure. avenue for burgeoning filmmakers to uh, make that leap from homemade content to movies. Yeah. 
And this is a good one. I, again, kind of reemphasizing this is a big Australian uh, kind of financed film, mm-hmm. festival film. Uh, so kind of in that tradition of the Babadook and films like that. Which, which is so cool to have Miranda Otto here as, you know, kind of cementing her status as a Australian Scream Queen legend. Yeah. Getting to go from the lead of the Babadook to 10 years later sort of being the supporting maternal figure in a, in a young kid's horror movie. It's just, just fun casting. Yeah. Uh, and so... Um, that's talk to me, um, opening wild this weekend, Dalton, uh, you saw it a couple of days ago. What, what are your thoughts? Quick review thoughts here on talk to me. I saw your letterbox review. So kind of positive, I think, right? Yeah, I'm pretty into this. I, I, unlike you, I did not see a ton of trailers for this. I was kind of vaguely aware of it, but had really only seen like, you know, five to 10 seconds of like online trailers you know the, the sort of teasers mm-hmm. that make it into feeds online so i hadn't seen a ton for this and and kind of went in with very you know little to no expectation on it and had a fabulous time you know i think it's a good time at the movies uh had a, had a really fun crowd you know we went to a, a thursday evening so it's the first show times in the city and uh you know not a packed house but enough folks there that it, there was definitely an energy mm-hmm. it was it was buzzing and it, it was it was just you know very nice to to get that with a horror movie and uh, we're getting more and more of that the last two years of getting you know really solid horror releases that folks are getting out to yeah that's an uh, i mean atmosphere always can really hurt or hinder a movie and i'm sure this really helps uh, a lot big um, time I saw it at a 9.45 in the morning screening. Uh, oh, okay. Praise be to thee. Um, <laughs> I missed that uh, opportunity. You know, uh, there's a long time where really 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock was your early showings because of shortage labors and things like that. Mm. But uh, I went out. It was me and one other person. Uh, and I still really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, uh, I was laughing a lot. And I was like, you know, I felt bad for the other person because, you know, they were like, who's this guy? Mm. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, it's funny. And there it's, are some good bits, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's clever, well-acted. Uh, I mean, for a feature debut, I mean, uh, the Filippos just come out swinging. Yeah, I think the, the filmmaking is really slick, uh, not just in terms of, like, cool practical effects, although there are definitely some of that, uh, but some, you know, some slick camera work that I think kind of uh, serves to heighten things. And this integration of, you know, phones and new technology mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I think younger filmmakers are really succeeding where a lot of um, legacy filmmakers are, are struggling to kind of integrate, you know, modern concerns or not concerns, but, you know, modern lifestyles, the just, you know, phones and the Internet. And we've talked about that a lot of the that sort of being a challenge of filmmaking over the last 10 years is how filmmakers are dealing with that. And a lot of them are not dealing with it and setting mm-hmm. it, you know, doing period pieces or finding ways to write technology out. And this film, it's so integrated into the plot. I mean, our main characters learn about this spooky seance hand through like TikToks and and you know yeah. co- content that their friends are making so it is sort of like starts out as this like this teen urban legend in this this australian suburb it's it's kind of like a, a cool way for the the horror to sort of start encroaching on the edges of the of the film and then sort of you know we get this kind of cool cold open that sets the yeah. stakes but then from there like it is slowly we are reintroduced to the the supernatural forces at work in the film yeah, uh, it's it's really clever, I think, and it, it feels like a movie uh, made by a younger generational talent for a younger generation. You know, in a way that, yeah. like, uh, I, I feel like I saw a trailer recently, or I don't think I was watching a movie. I think it was a trailer, uh, and you know, there's lingo, there's terms used, there's phrasing used that just kind of feels like it's a fifty or forty year old writing mm-hmm. about 
teens or 20 year olds or whatever. And this feels very much like it has tapped into that Gen Z energy sure. in a very smart way and a very clever way um, that I think works really well. And that presents a, a fun story that is emotionally weighty. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're, able to really latch on to these characters, especially Mia played by Sophie Wilde at the front of this really great performance. Yeah. Uh, and Joe bird and Alexander Jensen kind of rounding out the immediate friend group. And then Otis Donji is kind of a peripheral Zoe Tarakas and Chris Alicio kind of rounding out uh, those are the, the rest those of the last three siblings, right? Uh, Zoe and Chris are the two that have the hand that gotcha. are orchestrating these parties. Yeah. Uh, Joe bird is the younger, uh, Riley, Riley, Riley. Yeah. And then Jade, I believe is Alexander Jensen. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and so a lot of younger talent, uh, I'm assuming all Australian talent, homegrown, uh, and all do, just doing really good work. I mean, sure. I think Sophie Wilde really stands out though, because she is just super emotive, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of facial acting and these kind of possession sequences that mm-hmm. take place. A lot of head snapping back, eyes wide open. And she just really has, I think, the physical capabilities to pull that off in a really effective way. Mm-hmm. And so she is sort of the star of the show, but there's really no slouch. Even the younger, you know, Joe Bird is ca- character. Riley is 14, I think, roughly in the movie. Yeah. yeah so I younger. Think. He's got a friend who's younger, but even they are both pretty strong performances that are coming in. I think so. Yeah. And there's some real like shades of boyhood in one of the scenes, uh, that, that introduces those two, the two younger characters, kind yeah. of a, kind of a cute beat that we get when the Riley and his friend are introduced. And I think this movie does do a good job of sort of sitting, setting up this world that everybody's living in. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, I thought about this, uh, I can't remember what movie it was. Oh, sex lies and videotapes does this, but I, I remember reading a writing tip, right. That a story, uh, 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 that happens that occurs interrupts the life of the people in it. Mm. And that's really what feels like is taking place here. It mm-hmm. feels like all of these characters are living in this world are kind of realized in this world. They have their patterns, they have their lives, they have their dysfunctions. And then uh, they cross sections with this event, which yeah. be kind of, affects the trajectory and interrupts their life well and, and from like a scripting place and, and just character motivation place we do get this you know backstory with mia where she's recently lost her mother to an overdose and and so she is more drawn to the hand than the rest of her peer group right like she she has had a real encounter with death that makes this a lot like more immediate for her I have seen the criticism going around so that I think is worth bringing up like that with Bar- like with Barbarian. This film has the uh, would she really, though, problem of, you know, like white horror screenwriters writing for a black lead and, yeah. you know, putting a black woman in a situation she might not have ever put herself into. And I've seen yeah. that criticism around this and, and Barbarian. So I think it's worth bringing up. But I, I think the film manages to to still like can see reasonably like. It's conceit is reasonable, right? That yeah. Mia is drawn to this because of her situation and her her biography, right? Because yeah. of the situation with her mom. So I, I definitely good criticism, and I think an interesting thing to bring up and keep talking about with you know as we're seeing more uh, horror films that are trying to diversify their casts. You know that's you know that's part of it, but representation isn't all all, all that all that right like it's got to be yeah. integrated into the story as well yeah. so always interested when i see those sorts of uh criticisms around a film yeah uh the other thing you kind of speak to and i've seen it pop up at a couple of things i've you know reviews i'd read and stuff but uh is that idea of uh reckoning with grief like this has become a Grief's huge core. thread yeah yeah within the last 
I'd say decade of horror films, right? And yeah, I mean, he goes back. I think you could even look at something like uh, The Shining is obviously sure. dealing a lot with grief and the anxiety and obviously alcoholism and things like that. Um, it seems to be a huge outlet, I think, a lot of times for grief and, and dealing with it. But it, it is another kind of in a recent, and I don't think it's just A24 because Smile is in the same vein. Totally. Um, I'd say the black phone is kind of in the same vein right there. Are these characters dealing with the thing and the film almost is, you know, introducing this symbolic thing to kind of mm-hmm. reckon with either the mental health or the grief. And so I didn't know if that was, you know, anything you had thought about, you know, cause yeah. it had popped up as kind of a, another horror film about grief, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what the hereditary is, or that's what, you know, insert x film from the last five years trauma and grief right it's it's what all horror films have been about lately and yeah i i think that's you're right it it is kind of maybe an older trend than is being given credit for but at the same time it is sort of a well that's being gone to with maybe a bit too much frequency of late i I think about the idea of uh, i think oftentimes uh ghost stories or horror also is always a good representation that you see pop up in a uh, dysfunctional family, right? Sure. A, a, in a story about a husband and wife or a family at conflict, there's gotta be, you know, there's a ghost and that kind of symbolizes that. And I think we're at a place right now for whatever reason that I, I think obviously discussion of mental health and anxiety has been on the increase uh, nationally, I would or internationally as well. Um, obviously still trying to work out getting help and like how to have those conversations. But I think it's becoming more okay, and especially for the younger generation to be more open about that. Yeah. And so I think we're just kind of seeing that bleed over because there are a lot of people in that younger generation who are just dealing with things that, you know, at least my generation didn't have to reckon with as much, especially in light of school shootings and mass shootings and things like that, that they are having to train for that, you know, I think may just be generally informing the subconscious of the entire generation. I, right? I'm sure. Yeah. How could it not? And yeah. and that's sort of it is funny. Beck and I both talked, went and saw this together and uh, had a moment where, you know, uh, Mia comes across this kangaroo in the middle of the road and Riley is like begging her to put it out of its misery. And uh, she goes back to the car and uh, b- both of us talked about this after the fact, having a moment of, oh, she's going to get a gun and then being like, oh, wait, no, no, this is in Australia. They, <laughs> they don't there, do that there. there are rules here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but the alternative was going to be her running, <laughs> running over. over the kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty horrific. Uh, uh, a scene kind of reminiscent of Get Out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think sure. kind of calls that back. Um, movie that features a dog. And I was very worried about that dog. But I think the Philippines did the right thing and let that dog be. Yeah. And I appreciate that because. Uh, that is, a, you heard that it is here. a trope that I hate. You heard it here first. The dog is fine. Yes. And, and don't worry. talk to me. If that is a thing you were concerned about, it is safe. Uh, if you're worried about a teenager being sent to hell, though, <laughs> I got bad news for you. That happens. and It's sick. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think the other thing to kind of really pat this movie on the back for it is unabashed in its violence and graphic nature of us of just violence yeah. and, and horror and imagery. It's not like too horrific i mean it's not a a, you know a splatter fest it's not gonna satiate the real gore hounds probably but when it goes hard it really does and i was expecting a much more tame ghost story so like uh, some of the ghosts that we see are also like really kind of gross and you know you know putrefied corpses really kind of cool stuff yeah that fun imagery there uh it does have a kind of moment of hereditary hold my beer yeah with with some of the things it wants to do to some of its characters uh and i respect that for it. it it doesn't pull its punches uh, and, and I think it does a really strong job with Mia's character and her arc in this film and mm-hmm. where it takes her. And I don't want to get too much into that, obviously, start getting to some spoilery stuff. Um, but I do think that that character is so 
well done throughout the movie, not in the portrayal, but also the writing and the way mm-hmm. that character uh, is kind of sent off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the seances with the hand sort of start to become a metaphor for addiction at some level. I, you know, I, I don't think that that's like a too far out there read. I'm sure other people have have made this connection. Uh, well, actually, I know other people have made this connection. Becca made the joke on her letterbox review. <laughs> the shoot, crazy shit happens when you get addicted to spirits. Yeah. Which I thought was a very funny bit. Uh, but yeah, no, I, there, there's some metaphor uh, going on here for sure. And I think the way that resolves for me is interesting and continues a couple of weeks of really great endings at the movies as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Uh, I, yeah, that was kind of my you know takeaway uh, for this was, you know, between this and last week, I, I think this month has just been one for the books. I mean, yeah. it, it feels like just a str- incredible month of movie going in a long time yeah you know at least uh, as far as like summer blockbustery months go it's just been i mean like several years i mean pre-pandemic before yeah this is set to open at number six this weekend with around nine to nine and a half uh maybe even ten yeah um which is last i heard one of the biggest openings for a24 since uh, midsummer um, I don't know if that's just their horror openings or there's their openings period because yeah. their movies like when their movies do well, it's because they lag out. They don't re- usually have big openings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is definitely more of a crowd pleaser than your your typical A24 horror film. Yeah. So I think this might have really good word of mouth on it, especially with yeah. the younger demographic who I think this is being targeted towards. Yeah, I think cinema score is like a B, which is good for a horror film. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think it is not too subversive, too transgressive. You know, I think. Like you said, casual audiences, horror fans are going to get behind this one and, and really go for it. So uh, I dig it. Um, I think, you know, my final recommendation here is if, if you have a chance, you know, I don't know how many theaters this is opening and what, what the availability is going to be. But I think if you get a chance, I think this is one that I want to revisit and really want to go back to because I, I dug it quite a bit. I, I really did. Um, I, I think it maybe has a little bit of turbulence in some spots, but I mean, it's almost a tight 90 uh, I, I had to go out of the uh, theater at one point for a few minutes uh, to use the restroom. And when I walked outside and checked my phone, I, it had already been like an hour. Like, I mean, just flying by. Yeah. Uh, really well paced. And film. just, yeah, some great imagery, some great ideas that I want to revisit. And I'm excited about what the Philippines are going to do next. So if you're a horror fan, I say seek this one out. Go check it out if you can in theaters. Uh, Dalton, what are your final thoughts? There? Yeah, I'm right there with you, Arthur. Check it out in a, in a crowded uh room if you can because it's it's, it's going to be a lot of fun with the crowd i had somebody sitting next to me that like got really far to the end of their seat at one point i was i just it's just exciting to notice that your 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 seat neighbor is inching closer and closer to the edge of their seat and just yeah i just get to get excited about another person getting excited yeah yeah go check this out with the crowd even if you don't like it i'm sure you'll have a fun time if if nothing else so uh, and i know opinions vary on this one a lot of love for it some some drawbacks as well you know there are there are there is some pushback on this one so your mileage may vary not all horror hounds are, are loving it but uh I, i'm curious you know what the the general consensus on this one ends up being because i think there's a lot to like but I, mm-hmm. I can definitely see some of the things that other might not work for some folks and might you know there's definitely drawbacks for me and i can see those being a mm-hmm. real turnoff for some people so yeah i get it um, but yeah, I, I say get out to it just because it'll be fun. And, uh, and, you know, it's the middle of the summer, so not a ton of horror movies. It's this and the Red Door. And I mean, it's a summer movie that's less than two hours. Yeah. I mean, that's something. Seriously. Uh, I mean, you can watch this twice in the time it takes to watch Oppenheimer. Yeah. 
Seriously. Uh, maybe even squeezing this on the Meg 2 next weekend. Let's do it. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to swim with the sharks. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> maybe that's what our next garbage shoot is. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So uh, otherwise, uh, that was Talk To Me. Uh, we encourage you to go see that. Uh, go check it out. See what you think. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, and we'll catch you next time on the garbage shoot. Garbage shoot.